Okay, everyone, it's about time to talk about this clandestine meeting at Mar-a-Lago between Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, and several other people. I'm hearing a lot of outrage, and I think that that outrage is justified. But I do think it's a little bit misplaced. Most people are outraged about Trump meeting with Nick Fuentes. Now, Nick Fuentes is a supporter of QAnon. He's made anti-Semitic comments. Uh, he's made racially sensitive comments. He's been banned from most social media. And so clearly that would be a concern. But, you know, a lot of people have said, and especially people who were there at the meeting or around the meeting, they said they truly believe that Trump didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. And Trump's statements say that he didn't know who Nick Fuentes was. Now, you can believe that or not, but I'm going to take the word of the people who were around him. And let's just assume for a minute he had no idea who Nick Fuentes was. Does that still mean that he should have had the meeting? Now, the meeting was originally a lunch with just Kanye West, and Kanye bought, brought three other people with him. So is the president excused or the former president excused from having these three other people with him? So first, I want to just tell you what Nick Fuentes has said so that you can get a feel for who this wonderful man is. But then I want to really ask you the question, if Trump should have been meeting with any of them, would this meeting have been just as controversial if it was just with Kanye West. And I know Kanye has changed his name now. It's Ye or Ye or something like that. But I still use Kanye because that's how most people will recognize him. So let's meet Nick Fuentes and, and get familiar with some of the things that he has said. On a live stream episode, Fuentes jokingly denied the Holocaust and compared Jews burnt in concentration camps to cookies in an oven. He made numerous anti-Semitic remarks, including, I don't see Jews as Europeans. I don't see them as part of Western civilization, particularly because they are not Christians. Okay. Fuentes also asserted that whites are under attack and that minorities are changing the texture of life in America. He often speaks about the white supremacist ideas called race realism. Have you heard of this? It's a belief that one's race governs traits such as behavior and intelligence, with non-whites being inferior to whites. For example, he once tweeted, any serious person thinking about globalization and demographic changes should actually care a lot about racial differences in intelligence. But this subject doesn't interest you because it's not convenient for your Trojan horse brand of kosher nationalism. Yes, he is suggesting that white people are more intelligent than black people or other races. And he thinks that we should divide people up accordingly because whites are being brought down by the other races. He also made racist comments asserting that segregation and policies in the pre-civil rights era, American South, was better for them. It's better for us. It's better in general. Uh, let's see. He also 
went on to say, we are not going to live as captives. This is our Republican Party. This is our country, USA. In the days leading up to January 6th, Fuentes continued to promote the myth of election fraud, of course. On January 4th, Fuentes posted a video on DLive uh, tacitly urging followers to kill state legislators before he seemed to backpedal on that statement. He said, quote, what can you and I do to state legislators besides kill them? Although I'm not advising that, but I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah, not advising it. So you can see that Nick Fuentes is uh, not really the highest quality of person I would consider based upon his commentary that these commons are highly racist, they're highly anti-Semitic. And this was just a sampling of the comments that he's made over the years. So let's say, let's assume Donald Trump didn't know anything about this guy and he ends up at the lunch table with Donald Trump. Well, according to Kanye West, according to Fuentes, and according to other people who were at the meeting, Donald Trump was incredibly impressed with Fuentes because Fuentes knew everything about Donald Trump. Fuentes said that he praised Trump as my hero and he criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for his potential GOP primary challenge to Trump. But he also told him to his face at the dinner that the one-time 2016 insurgent was in danger of becoming a scripted establishment bore who could lose in 2024. So this guy's a real gem, right? And somehow he ends up at the dinner table with uh, Donald Trump. You know, I honestly kind of believe Trump that he didn't know who this guy was, that he just happened to come on the arm of Kanye West. But that's part of the problem. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. I think more than being upset about Fuentes, people should really consider the ramifications of Trump choosing to meet with Kanye West. Let's say Fuentes didn't come on the shoulder of Kanye. Would that have been acceptable? I don't think it would. Uh, Kanye West and his recent comments should be enough for a presidential candidate to say, no, no, thank you. And if you haven't heard some of the things that Kanye has said, well, let me remind you. He said racism is a dated concept. It's like a silly concept that people try to touch on to either to separate, to alienate, to pinpoint anything. It's stupid. On an interview with Fox News, he said and claimed that Jared Kushner only sought to normalize relations between Israel and Arab countries for the money, pointing to another anti-Semitic trope that Jewish people control international finance. He said that he wanted his children to learn about Hanukkah in school because at last it will come with some financial engineering, whatever that means. In other instances, he alluded to Jewish people controlling other industry artist decisions. Close to midnight on October 8th, he tweeted that when he woke up, he would go DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people. Uh, he probably meant DEFCON 3, not DEFCON 3. Maybe, maybe he was uh, changing it to DEFCON to make it more powerful. 
Of course, this is a phrase used in the military to signal high alert. In the tweet, he also wrote that Jewish people toyed with him and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes his agenda. He also said that whether it's wearing a Ralph Lauren shirt or it's all of us being signed to a record label or having a Jewish manager or being signed to a Jewish basketball team or doing a movie on a Jewish platform like Disney. He said, we are not going to be owned by the Jewish media anymore. On uh, the Cuomo show, he was interrupted by Cuomo, yet he continued on to say, Every celebrity has Jewish people in their contract. This is not hate speech. This is true. He then went on to accuse Jewish people of owning black voices. So I have to tell you, I believe in my heart and have heard that Kanye West suffers from bipolar disorder. I do not consider him to be of... How do I put this? Full faculties. And so in general, I'm to the point where I kind of feel bad for him. He has a tremendous voice because of his incredible entertaining or entertainment talents. He has established himself as a billionaire. And because of that, he has a pretty big microphone. And so when you have somebody who is not fully connected, I'm trying to say this in the nicest way possible, or suffering from some form of mental illness, it's easy to look at him and to be highly critical of what he's saying, but not being empathetic to the fact that he may just be struggling. And unfortunately, the media wants to make him And of course, what he's saying invites that very sentiment. And I'm not excusing anything that he has said, but I just really in my heart believe that he is suffering from some major issues and they are clouding his judgment. If not, and he believes these things, well, then that is uh, an entirely different issue. Uh, He said a lot of other things about race, Uh, Remember, at the Paris Fashion Week this month, uh, he decided to wear a T-shirt with the slogan, White Lives Matter. Uh, Kanye also questioned the history of slavery. Remember this? He says, when you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice, suggesting that if slaves didn't want to be slaves then they would have left a long time ago, but they allowed it to go on for 400 years. Okay, here's somebody who doesn't know anything about history. So needless to say that Kanye has a very interesting, disturbing past with his commentary. And it's also interesting that he has announced he's running for president in 2024. So you have to ask the question, why is President Trump inviting Kanye West to have lunch with him. And then, of course, the other question is, why wouldn't President Trump's team vet anybody else who's coming with Kanye West? So Kanye was able to bring anyone he wanted to this luncheon, which opened President Trump up to extreme, incredible criticism from both sides of the alley. Now, I could tell you, 
as a former political candidate that you vet everyone. You vet everyone that you're going to meet with. You vet everyone that you're going to endorse. Trump, for some reason, didn't and doesn't. And in fact, I would suggest that he doesn't even vet the people that he endorses. His only question, as far as I can tell, as to whether or not he would endorse a candidate is whether or not that particular candidate believes that the election of 2020 was stolen. If they believe it, they get endorsed. If they don't believe it, they don't get endorsed. That's the level of his involvement in the vetting process. Now, surprise, surprise, his team has announced a new form of damage control. Trump's campaign is now instituting new vetting procedures and gatekeeping efforts as details emerge about how Fuentes and the former president found themselves at the same dinner table. That's according to two people briefed on the plans, and I believe that's a quote from the Deseret News. So really, after four years in the White House, after running for president multiple times, now you're going to start instituting a vetting plan? Now? After all these years as a politician and not understanding the media and how it works, that's a little bit shocking that only now you come to this conclusion. But as I said, the real concern here is not that Fuentes was at the lunch. The real concern is that he chose to have a meeting with Kanye West, and word is that he was having friendly conversations with Kanye for weeks before the event. Now, <laughs> the funnier side of the story is that apparently during the dinner, and I don't know why I'm so tickled by this, but Kanye West invited President Trump to be his or Kanye West's vice presidential candidate during the upcoming election. If that doesn't tell you that Kanye is a little bit off kilter, now maybe he was and this was a way to taunt President Trump or threaten him, I don't know. Uh, but that tickles my soul just a little bit. So that, my friends, is the description of the Mar-a-Lago events. If you disagree with me, please share that within the comments. And if you like what I said or you disagree, click the like button or the dislike button and be sure and subscribe to this channel and like this video so that we can continue to grow as a channel and continue to reach more people and get more of your feedback and more voices as we look at current events and the politics that we're all experiencing today in this wonderful country of ours, the United States of America. Thank you for joining me.